and welcome back to Hey Eintracht Frankfurt, the Bundesliga podcast covering everything there is known in the English language about Eintracht Frankfurt, the best club in the Bundesliga, the best club in Germany, the best club in Europe, the best club in the world for that matter, and we are a little bit biased. I am your host, Brian and Casey. You can follow me on Twitter at KCSG. Follow the show on Twitter, that is at H-E-E-P-O-D. Follow us on Instagram, that is Hey Eintracht Frankfurt on the gram. Drop us a line whenever you like. Uh, you can always send us an email at heyeintrachtfrankfurt at gmail.com. Facebook.com slash H-E-I-P-O-D is a collection of Eintracht news and information in the English language, all to be found in one location. And up and running is H-E-I-P-O-D.com, where more content will be uh, coming out. It's got links to episodes. Also got links to where you can find fellow Eintracht fans who watch the Eagles in a place that is not, you know, the comforts of your own home, whether it be on your couch. Go out, enjoy, go to a bar, spend some money, tell us about uh, your time watching the Eintracht in that bar, let us know where other Eagles fans can meet you, and just grow what is a beautiful, beautiful club. One that doesn't, uh, at least for this standpoint, in terms of just making friends this way, hey, at least you don't have to buy a membership this way. (laughs) All right. I usually don't do this podcast alone. Thank God. Otherwise, that would be really annoying and really tiresome after a little while. So going around the room, because we have quite a few guys who have joined us for this podcast, is the man in the north. Well, not really that far north. Because uh, Canada is just south of him, is Chris in Detroit. Chris, good to have you back. Uh, is your hearing back from the Indy 500? My hearing is back. Uh, I brought everything back with me, great memories, and about a COVID. So, um, yeah. Screw you, uh, state to the to the south, Ohio. You have uh, brought horrible things upon me. But you know what? Just a reminder that the pandemic is raging. Be careful when you go out and do your thing. If you haven't yet, get vaccinated because I'm telling you, it's been pretty easy for me. I was up on the ladder doing housework yesterday. Uh, yeah. No biggie. Yeah. yeah, well, some people get it. It's not a big deal. You know, helps when you get vaccinated. For yep. other people, it's kind of dehabilitating. But you yep, know what? Exactly. Um, We've had, uh, this is just, you know what, this is not a health and safety podcast, even though we have dropped in multiple t- segments uh, covering the subject. So I will continue to move along with the other panelists. <laughs> it is uh, the podcaster, producer, extraordinaire, the man who pulls all the punches when it comes to, you guys suck at your audio, you need to redo this, you need to do that. It is Nathan in St. Louis. Hey, bud. Good to have you on the airway so you can air your grievances like it's Festivus. <laughs> I'll tell you guys right now, y'all sound great. How you doing? <laughs> good, good, good. Royal suck, card suck, tiger suck, <laughs> ranger suck. Yeah. Um, if anyone's like, well, who the heck cheers for the rangers? Well, that's the other panelist we have for here. It is Brian in Houston, or soon to be relocated to parts unknown, some state to the north of me. That is a trash bag in and of itself. <laughs> Brian, how you doing? I'm doing great. I'm uh, just trying to figure out how to start off this uh, EFC like York, Nebraska. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're going to have a, uh, a membership of one and uh, all meetings will be held in my, the basement of my house while we watch uh, while we watch the Eagles go roll people. So uh, looking yeah. forward to it. Congratulations. I would suggest 
starting out in terms of growing the brand in York, Nebraska. Uh, putting, putting my feelings towards the state of Nebraska, much <laughs> like uh, Chris has feelings towards the state of Ohio aside, I would suggest going to your local Carpathia uh, group or uh, your local uh, German-American uh, immigrant group. Uh, the, you know, they're, they're here, they're there, they're everywhere. You know, for all the, those groups that always kind of exist. Now, most of the people might be a little on the older side, but hey, you know, it's a, it's a start. It's a start. One can become two, and hopefully two becomes four, then eight, and so on and so forth. Yeah, so, you, you always got you always got the chance of a of a Frankfurt international student there in York. That's true. true. That is true. Well, there we go. All right. So enough talking about uh, chit chat, this, that, and the other. This is the time to review what was 21-22's season for the Eintracht on both sides of the coin. Uh, the highs, the lows. <laughs> uh, the kicks and the dicks. I mean, everything. <laughs> everything. There's been, there's, been a few, there's been more than a few of those in all capacities. I mean, from the Frauen Bundesliga season, you had uh, numerous matches. Uh, for the, the Eintracht Frauen, that were great things to cheerlead about. Then they had some uh, yikes moments. Um, I seem to recall that loss to Freiburg as one that we were all like, oh boy. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we're going to cover everything that there was. I tracked for the entire season of 21, 22, and have a, a little glimpse at 22, 23. There's a lot, there's a lot that's going to be going on, including participation in the big kid competition of Europe, uh, the European Champions League, before it goes through yet another flipping update which makes no sense oh it makes sense to the the kids at the big table it doesn't take mm-hmm. care of the kids at the big table from the small leagues but i am going to reserve that sort of comment for when roman and nathan could just kind of jar back and forth <laughs> that was good that will be two epic rants that i will be unable to control and i'll just kick back and just be like all right you know it is what it is just kick back and relax so Shall we start off with the part that was the... Uh, actually, let's start off with uh, the very beginning, because where does every on-track season begin? It, uh, minus your preseason kind of shenanigans that you have to deal with. Um, you had the uh, Bundesliga, but uh, before that, <sighs> you had our Pokal exit. Kind of throwing this at you guys, but here's my thoughts on the Pokal exit. That just gave us extra time for the guys to uh, try and work out the kinks uh, as we kind of developed during the fall. You know, we had our, uh, what, 18 uh, matches in the fall season. It kind of all got squished together because of COVID still kind of uh, causing scheduling to be out of kilter. Then you had your six matches in the Europa League group phase. Honestly, as much as it sucked, to start the season off that loss to Mannheim to me, I think is actually a blessing was a blessing in disguise as it gave us uh, the guys time to kind of be like, Hey, we know what we need to fix ish. <laughs> you know, we had a new coach. We had <clears throat> a prior experience with sucking in DFB Pokal with a new coach. Uh, you know, we were, we weren't playing a squad that, that if you looked at it now would be anything like we would we would start for a game like 
uh, like, I mean, it's a, the first game with a, f- a fresh squad. You got to play your green players. We saw we saw Armand Yunus play. So <laughs> that's uh, it was a weird match. I don't, I mean, we we joke about it here. We play the big boys really well. We play the small fish like shit. <clears throat> this is just one of those. I, I'm quivering in my boots. Uh, who who'd we pull for the DFB next year? Um, we have so uh, Magdeburg. Yeah, we Magdeburg have that East German team again. Shaking in my boots. <laughs> I I worry for the fans who will be in attendance of that match. Yes, that's kind of been the biggest news uh, bit that has come along. Uh, we have Magdeburg yet again. They earned uh, in the. Might as well mention it. So they had a decent season, got promoted to the second division as champions of the uh, third division. So if anyone has forgotten, uh, they were shooting fireworks into the way stands. Those were some nah. They were a nasty bunch to oh, deal yeah. with. I mean, it. Yeah. Are you talking this, about the this, Magdeburg last time? Yeah. 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 I really hope that. You know, maybe they've got. So long as they don't do a Dresden, we should be fine. But you know, if anyone doesn't no know what I'm talking about, I'm talking about the uh, second leg of the Dresden Kaiserslautern match and the promotion playoff uh, between the second division and third division, where it looked like they practically tried to burn down the stadium. So so long as pyrotechnics are kept to a minimum, everything should be fine. But. No. Just to kind of run down who was in that uh, Eintracht, uh, switching it to this. Eintracht versus Mannheim. You had some players that were in there. They're like, okay, this is going to be... This is this is a team that just changed uh, throughout the season. But this is a strong lineup mm-hmm. that we threw out there. It was Tramp, Tuta, Hinti, Dika, DaCosta, Rhoda, So, Linz, Lindstrom, Kamada, and Bore. Like, that's a pretty strong lineup. And yet, I... To look at that and say to myself, that's a hell of a lot of growth as a team that yeah. developed over the season. Yeah. Well, the fact that in that matchup against a lower division team, we put one single shot on target. Uh, it was kind of a little insight to how we were going to struggle to a good point. to get scoring chances early in the year. Um, now, as we look back to look forward, uh, I forgot that Hinty had picked up a red card there in the <laughs> second half. So does that mean he'll be out for the matchup uh, in July against Magdeburg? Um, Do they I carry over seasons? Sir, I, I don't, don't think know. that the carries over. I would have thought that that would have uh, been carried out since so. the comp- competition had been completed. Okay. Yeah. However, but the Glasner suspension carried over. From season to season in Europa League. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Huh. Well, it, I mean, that might be the difference between UEFA just and the two DFA, different competitions. Though. Yeah. Sure. Two different competitions, two different organizing bodies. So, I mean, it could be that. Um, Something to mm. think about. But, you know, we've been dealing with our Hinti for a while. We know it's possible. True. It's, a, it's well, a good point, though, that that our starting lineup, I was looking at our substitutions. Our starting lineup was pretty locked in. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, we they only played about half the bit. match, but right. Well, it uh, yeah, the, the evolution of the team was impressive. So let's move to how the Bundesliga season kind of 
panned out. Well, Eintracht finished in eleventh place. <sighs> it was it that considering hmm. how far <laughs> and how early we decided in spring that you know what this is the best opportunity to for progression. We once we put once the quarterfinal was uh, done with uh, Betis, and you know you got to go. Yeah, that's the like mid March. Like from there, uh, we didn't win another match in the Bundesliga. The match between our uh, two matches in uh, against Betis, that was uh, Bochum. That was our last win. That just shows you how much Ugh. we gave into that. And uh, if you remember how much we were struggling <laughs> during just the Bundesliga part of the season uh, until we beat Bayern, which, you know, then we didn't win until freaking November. Like, <laughs> if we weren't playing well in Europe, I think we would have been th- we would have been going absolutely crazy losing to Leverkusen, losing to uh, Union, losing to Freiburg at home. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean we we didn't we went winless in the first six games and got blown out by Dortmund. You know, it for, straight from the start of the season, I kind of felt like it was going to be a struggle, but then we beat Bayern two one, and then we kind of in Munich. Then, we, then lose to Her- Hertha the next week and Bochum. <laughs> so like then you know it's just that was this team the whole year. Uh, you know, struggled to score goals, struggled to keep clean sheets and and just too many draws that should have been wins. Minus that blowout from Dortmund, um, it was exactly what we've come to to hate, that playing up or down to your opponent, you know, to to go out and and draw some matches that we obviously should win. And then you go out and beat Bayern, and then, like you said, lose to Hertha the next week, and then Balkum after that. It's just, I don't know, for <laughs> for all the amazing success, and we're going to Champions League and all that, I will never understand how in Bundesliga play we can be such a yo-yo from week to week. Yeah, that draw, the two losses there that you guys mentioned to home to Hertha, that's gonna, that's still not gonna Ooh. be easily forgotten. Losing at Balkan, which has turned out that, you know, they're actually a pretty decent side uh, that came up. At least it wasn't losing to Greutsch Firth or something like that. <laughs> uh, but, you know, from one, when we had that loss, um, that was the lowest point of the Bundesliga season when it came to the actual table itself. Uh, we bottomed out at 15 because you can't count, like, the first couple matches of the season because, like, you know, there's no traction just yet until, like, you're kind of six or so yeah. matches in. It's just way too early. Like, I mean, shoot. There were can get of off us to- calling for <laughs> OG, too. Yeah. yeah, there was there was a a bit of that. I mean, I think we had and, a core. If you want to talk about you want to talk about yo-yo, like the whole reason I feel like Glasner is still here is because of Europa. Like even against Olympiakos, that that first leg was it the first leg? Yeah, I think so. The three-one. Uh, yeah, yeah, the three-one against between those two losses. If we hadn't had a little bit of success, I'm not sure. <laughs> What would have happened? So the Bayern might have helped. I mean, we're we're not one to you know 
fire somebody after four matches like some other you know bigger clubs might uh, do in a reactionary <laughs> way. But there was kind of this feeling that we needed something to go our way. And you're right, Europa League was that thing where Bayern might have saved him the win there, but I really think you're right. The Olympiacos one said, all right, there's a yo-yo here. Let's see how high it can spring back up. <laughs> well, um, this, I think that with the amount, I think what gave him time was, one, the success that we were having in Europa League. We actually, the sheer fact that we actually went through the entire campaign group stage, uh, I liked how, you know, with the reformatting that we only had to enter in at the round of 16, because golly, think of how gas we would have been if we had an additional previous round, uh, the round of 32 that we would have been in. Uh, like, and yet, somehow, some way, through all those trials and tribulations, so the six group stage matches, round 16, quarterfinals, semifinals, and final, we were never defeated. Kind of yeah. blows your mind that uh, <laughs> a Bundesliga squad who isn't one of the, like, at least with previous, like, heavy hitting success in Europe, like, all of our success has all come of late uh, because yeah. it's been so, we've been devoid of recent success for so long like the 90s was the last time that we saw any like sustained uh progress within europe and you know what it really uh it's kind of amazing how the club has just kind of developed and yet we came from a group that we were looking at and think to ourselves like oh christ there's multiple teams that are going to take points off of us we had multiple matches where we had to come from behind you know yeah uh, Fenerbahce, each side was a freaking pain in the dick. Uh, Antwerp, I mean, that last ditch goal by uh, Paciencia to kind of seal things off right after Antwerp had yeah. just taken the lead. I mean, this was not an easy go. Betis showed themselves to be a tough cookie. We looked at Barcelona and we were like, this is a Barcelona of old, but shit, this is a good team. And West Ham, you know, they were they were no slouches. Like they're a team that is finishing in, you know, the top third of the Premier League. Which, as much as we love to poo poo that league, that that's a lot of heavy hitting teams that they were having success with. And you had this one team that also had a never say die attitude, who we faced off in the final. It was a wonderful mm-hmm. campaign in the Europa League that, like, would not have a. Would not have happened if we didn't, you know, like just deal with the Bundesliga as we did, which was like true. once November kicked on, we like my, take away the Hoffenheim result. That was where our that was where we placed ourselves, you know, in in terms of a success, uh, moderately successful Bundesliga campaign. Not having that, and we're in a little bit of the Hertha territory now. Everything's glossed over by European adventures, but. All right. How do we make next season not be like this season? We're going to have harder, harder matches in the group phase for the Champions League than we did for the Europa League. And we're also going to have to still balance that same Bundesliga season. And we're not going to have a Groyte Firth that's going to be around just to just waiting around to just get the shit kicked out of them, you know? 
um, like the teams that went up are Bremen and Schalke. And you know that those guys will be so desperate to get back after rebounding after one year in the second division. I am looking forward to seeing what happens uh, in the Bundesliga next season. But how do we improve from one season to the next? Hmm. Well, I don't know how to like strategize this, <laughs> but but we've got a this year we were not very good in at home, like we we lost six games, you know, in Frankfurt, which is very mm-hmm. uncharacteristic for us, and we couldn't score goals, and we were giving up, you know, two three goals a game at home, and we've got to figure out how to you know protect our home field better. Yeah, even when we got fans back, it didn't really get the mojo back in 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 the Waldstadion. You would have thought Which that that would have been the kicker. Yeah, because last year, even without fans there for most of the season, we killed it. I think we were undefeated yeah. or damn close to it. So yeah. I don't know where it was. It, there's always, for me, a letdown. Uh, I don't know statistics off the top of my head, but we play an emotional European game, either home or on the road. And it, like clockwork, we have a letdown the following league day. So that's something that I'm sure Glasner's team will take a look at, how to keep things more even keel. And also now we have the experience of it. Uh, most of our core is going to be back, we think. Um but we have experience winning a championship off of this roller coaster of emotions. And maybe that's something we will learn to keep in check as we have experiences with even higher level of play now. Yeah. I I would add that our goals going into last season are functionally different than, than this year. We, we want, I mean, at the beginning of the season last year, they wouldn't have said that we aren't going to, you know, place very high in the Bundesliga. But like our goal this year is to maintain on all fronts. Like it, and, and it's not like we're going to win the champions league. They're, they're setting, they're setting reasonable goals for that ceiling uh, to break through, I think. And the focus is on the Bundesliga. Like it's, it has to be, that's the thing about last year is that, Without Europa, I mean, we we don't really know where we would have placed. Of course, this is, you know, ro- mm. rose-tinted glasses. But, like, I think we would have placed higher if we would have got knocked out of Europa a little early, you know, at if some we, point in if we had, Yeah, if we had been knocked out versus Betis, which uh, was the closest that we ever, like, yeah. if Hinty doesn't put in that goal, you know, then we're in PKs, <laughs> and PKs are always a toss-up. Oh, technically, that was an own goal. Excuse me. <laughs> uh, but if we didn't go out against, you know, uh, against Betis, like looking at what was left of the Bundesliga season, there are plenty of matches that you then would be like, you know what? Okay, the Leipzig match um, that wouldn't have that would have kind of been uh, the one guaranteed throwaway, but. I'm then looking at Groyta Firth and thinking right. to myself, this is the one of the biggest matches that I was just like, oh my God, I can't believe yeah. we did what we did. A nil-nil at home against Groyta Firth, like just sandwiched in there whilst we were in the middle of, uh, I mean, we were literally to play Barcelona and literally just a couple days later and you're just like, oh my God, did we really lay that egg? I look at that as possible uh, two points that would have additionally been earned. 
Perhaps we don't lose to Freiburg. We just get a draw. Maybe a win against Hoffenheim. And Leverkusen? Mm, I don't know. Uh, but like another two points against Gladbach. Those seven points probably would have been like what we could have hoped to have earned if we just had the one campaign to focus on. And then you're really talking about like just being outside. You're sudden like say all those points just kind of move where they do. And that still puts us only in eighth. So then, I mean, the differences between success yeah. and failure, like there was only four points difference between us in 11th and Mainz, who finished in eighth place, uh, along with Hoffenheim, who uh, recently fired the coach. <laughs> uh, so, you know, just a little <laughs> bit more success uh, if we hadn't been playing. I mean, look, I mean, I kind of think back to when we got bowed out uh, by Basel, and then we went into the Corona Pals, and we came back, and we had some more success by just having to deal with the one, well, I mean, technically we were on the Pokal, but that was against Bayern, and you knew that we can throw the dice at it, but, you know, playing in Munich is kind of not playing with, you're just betting against uh, the world at that point. So mm. something that we can all improve on. So I'll go around the table. What was your highlight of the Bundesliga season before we go into recruitment? Uh, Nathan, I'll get let you have first crack at this. Um, I think the highlight of the Bundesliga season for me um, was perhaps that that win at Munich. I mean, I don't think <laughs> that's that's a generational thing at this point. Maybe it won't be anymore. Maybe the dam has broke because uh, who else won in Munich this year? There were two. Uh, Mainz. There were two losses to that team. Was like, it Mainz? Mainz? Yeah, I seem to recall. Like, I think Mainz got one. Uh, I think Mainz. Yeah, Mainz won home. I think Mainz might have won home in a way. I mean. Whew. The that's, win that, that they, speaks that well for our region, then. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, to be fair, anyone who did watch uh, Bayern just get crushed by Mainz. You know, they, they had already lapped up the title, but, oh, my God, I hadn't seen anyone kick the crap out of them that way in a long time. Um, oh, excuse me. It was Gladbach who uh, got the okay. uh, other win. Oh, right, so, because it was like back-to-back with Hutter. Yeah, because uh, they had just won. Yeah. Won the Pokal. But they had also all been out on vacation, right? For I mean, they flew in literally the night before the game after a big trip to Mallorca or wherever. And they had a few right. guys out due to uh, COVID and the likes. So COVID, right. Right. Yeah. Don't give them excuses. So we're calling they, a hangover these days. <laughs> <laughs> no, they, no, they tra- properly screwed it. They properly screwed it. But, you know, uh, at the end of the day, I still think that yeah. uh, for me... Munich, that it that tops everything, and it's just a shame that Darmstadt didn't go up because I'd be looking circling that match as okay, my season may hinge on me being happy or not uh, because of win and the derby, and we don't get it next season. Damn it! So, Brian, what do you got for your uh, Mona of the season in the Bundesliga? That is, well, the. Uh the Bayern game was great, but I'm going to go with a different one. I'm going to go with the uh, 5-2 blasting of Leverkusen. (laughs) (laughs) When we just put, like, we just put on a goal fest, and they just could not stop our attack. And that was the best we looked all year, 
I mean, obviously, because we scored five goals, but just the way we moved the ball and the way we finished, like, that game was just lightning. Five unanswered goals after Leverkusen took a 2-0 lead. Yeah, after Schick scored. Yep, his, yeah, his second. Well, technically, that one was a penalty. And, uh, yeah. I'm, Hard not to uh, love that, especially when you get a two-two goal literally like within sixty seconds of the other goal. So, <laughs> <laughs> that was a Chris, great one. I know you've got a dandy picked out for us. Well, what the, is your this? This one's kind of out of left field, um, but you guys took the good wins away, so obviously those are two great wins on the year. But I'm going to look at a different point. It was kind of a, a turning point for me. Uh, Sunday, March 20th, uh, nil-nil draw against uh, RB Leipzig when we beat uh, – we, we were drawn with Betis uh, uh, to advance the round before, and there was a psychological shift to everything is on Europa League now. And while we came out flat in that match, we you know pulled out a draw against a top-five team, which was good. Um everything mentally kind of shifted to all eyes on Europe. And while, you know, the rest of the Bundesliga season was just kind of a wash, it really didn't matter. Um, we focused ourselves on Europa League without being entirely absent in the league. And I thought we got to see some cool combinations on the pitch uh, with personnel after that. So for me, that wasn't necessarily like a great day in history, but it was kind of something in the league that helped propel us and say, hey, okay, clearly a nil-nil draw and we're not doing anything in the league, all eyes on Europe. It was kind of a focusing point for us. And it was a way to Leipzig, and we were one of the first teams to kind of start destabilizing Leipzig uh, because I don't know if anyone remembers, at that point in time, no one was taking points off of them. They were just – Running, they were just running the show. Like it was scary how good they were playing under Tedesco. And you just kind of, sadly, I am currently wondering, like, you know, if they do strengthen in this offseason in the way that I think that they can, it's kind of scary to think about what they could be for, uh, honestly. I mean, if Munich really is the tire fire that it could be, I think. We're all going to be regret. <laughs> we're all going to be wishing that Bayern was going to win their eleventh title this upcoming season. But we can do all those kind of predictions. We'll you just know, have to do that episode. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Chris, that's an excellent uh, choice in that because that's another team who's going to be uh, not facing us, but another team who's going to be representing the Bundesliga in uh, the Champions League. Uh, just to kind of rattle off for the Bundesliga. Who did what and where? So uh, everyone knows uh, it, the table read like Bayern, Dortmund, Leverkusen, Leipzig for the Champions League. Then you had Union Berlin and Freiburg both into the group phase because remember Freiburg made it to the final. <sighs> Sadly, they did not beat Leipzig in the final, but yeah, you know, sour grapes and all that. And we had Kuhn who finished in seventh, and they're going to go into the play off round for the Europa Conference League and are going to. Probably, you know, if they don't recruit well, they're gonna probably shift their pants again. But you know, hey, at least it's a big, it's a big club who's gonna travel. I mean, yeah. And for Cologne, if they do make it to the group phase, and I'm pretty damn sure that they will, considering like 
when you do have the one team from Germany, the one team from England, uh, the one team from Spain and Italy that drop into the conference league, like it's it's there's a pretty hefty uh, teams that are in there that will probably do a nice run against everybody else. Uh, those teams will be uh, Villarreal, uh, who finished in, uh, who got to the semifinals of the Champions League. West Ham, who we played in the semifinals of our Europa League campaign. Fiorentina, a wonderful old club, who happened to be one of the few clubs that wear purple, and it does look very sharp as a, as a shirt. Just saying, who knows? Cologne has got to be thinking that based on all, I mean, all the qualification matches that are still at the play because there's really nothing that's kind of set in stone. But you kind of got to wonder for Cologne uh, what they can do for uh, this thing. But, uh, you know, we uh, didn't get three promoted teams. Uh, we have uh, two teams that got relegated directly. Bielefeld and going to Firth, going to Firth. Woof. You can see at 82 goals, you're going to get relegated. But um, Hertha <laughs> pissed us all off. Felix McGath and Freddie Bobich live to fight another day. Oh, wait. Uh, uh, McGath has already left. Hertha. Yes. <laughs> and uh, they have uh, replaced him with Santos Schwartz. Oh, my God. I can't wait for the new Benjamin to get started because I think Hertha is just going to get shit kicked everywhere. And it's going to be a tougher Bundesliga next season. So I'm looking forward to it. And hopefully Augsburg finally yeah. goes down. <laughs> uh, boys, how do we look at our recruitment? Because there was a lot of moving parts over the course of the season for the Eintracht. Uh, in and out, we had a number of guys come in off alone. A uh, number of guys went out. But uh, let's look at what came in this season and who was your pick as the biggest signing. I'll rattle them all off. Uh, Linz, Bore, Lindstrom, Jakic, whose loan has been made permanent. Lammers, whose loan has not been made permanent. Knauf, who still has another year left of his loan. Jens Petahalga, whose loan has been made permanent. And Graal, who is your biggest winner and biggest loser from these uh, from the recruitment that came in. And some of these were, like, I think uh, Linz was from the previous administration, but I think everybody yeah. else was... Uh, the Crochet and Glasner uh, recruiting strategy. So that kind of shows how things kind of panned out there. Chris, I will let you go with uh, your biggest winner and uh, loser from this uh, recruiting. Well, it's highly appropriate as I'm sitting here in my uh, Denmark shirt getting ready to watch tomorrow's uh, Nations League matchup. Um, Jesper Lindstrom is by far, to me, the, the one that had the biggest impact uh, on the day-to-day. Well, you know, Bore had his moments, and Jokic grew very strong. I think we we expected a little more than we were going to get from a kid so young, and somebody who's mentally needed more time to grow than I think most people expected. I think Lindstrom was very valuable to an offense that, frankly, struggled at times, and so did he. But what did we expect with a 21-year-old kid? And next season, I think he's just going to explode. I think he's going to be off the charts. There you go. And, uh, yeah, no biasness considering the amount of Danish stuff that you do watch. Not at all. (laughs) (laughs) Nathan, um, who has been your biggest winner and loser from the uh, recruiting that uh, has gone on? Yeah, I Going into the, or going into the season last 
uh, fall. I think I was highest on Borre um, and uh, counterpointed by Chris's uh, talk about Lindstrom. I, I do think, uh, you know, Lindstrom rookie of the year. But when I saw that, no offense to Lindstrom, no offense to Chris. I was like, he was the rookie of the year. I know it's a voting contest from the fans, but so we're the best fans. We get the most I agree votes. with you, though. He, he wasn't <laughs> exactly setting the world on fire with rookie of the year stuff. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, but I do think he will be stronger and it's, it's great to have uh, someone as creative in that role as he is. But I will say I, I am still super hyped on Borre. He, he didn't have the year that perhaps he wanted to have. Um, but, and I think the beginning of the year, we were all like probably three quarters of the year. We were pretty let down by his play. Um, but I think he is slowly growing into He's just going to be a massive, if not goal scorer, assist, uh, assist setting up. I, I just I cannot wait to see him and and RKM kind of blossom together. All right. All right. Interesting. Well, uh, Brian, what do you got for your winner and loser for the uh, I've, I've gotten this kind of niggling feeling uh, where this is going. But Brian, you go ahead. I uh I'm actually gonna go with a guy who wasn't even made permanent. And that's uh I think the guy that came in and made the biggest difference on the team was Knauf. Yeah. Who, who kind of yeah. balanced things out on the right side for the first time since we got Kostich. And just the way he attacks down the right side made a huge difference for us, especially in Europa League and the way you know he played in Europa League. I think Without him, I don't think we. I don't think we get where we get. Yeah, that goal think- that uh, <laughs> that goal of his in the Europa League that was, uh, bloody hell, that was something Listerine. really fucking special. And there's the X with a tank right there. And uh, <laughs> the and you know what? We still have a chance to get him. We still have a chance to get him. It's just gonna be a little harder to uh, get him signed. But his goal. Uh, I think that was yeah against Barcelona uh, at home. That was that was something special. And think of it, he scored so fucking early against West Ham. Like the, yeah. the, there were some fans I'm sure that were still making their way to their seats, and they suddenly turn around to like, wait, we scored? Oh wait, no, that's not that's a quiet stadium. Uh, the quiet side of the stadium <laughs> and it was Knauf who just freaking headed that bad boy in and yeah, credit to you for uh, throwing in Knauf and here's hoping that we can find some way to sign him permanently because I think that he would be a huge get for us but we also got to realize that uh, it is Dortmund that uh, we have on loan from so it could be hard to prime away but uh, hey, you know what? Champions League money rattling around our coffers, and depending on how well we do in this upcoming Bundesliga season and uh, our European run as as that, because you know we may have gotten a bag full of money for just making the group phase. You never know what kind of group that you can get and where you can play. So hey, maybe Knauf can be one. My you know, Brian, uh, mm. I, I was also going to add that Christopher Lentz could have been on that list. Um, it's just unfortunate he couldn't stay healthy True. because we saw moments of him doing things that really helped to to advance that side of the field. And 
the fact that he could not remain healthy was really frustrating because he saw such moments of brilliance. True. I have been the biggest proponent of Lynn's. And he it's kind of weird. He's the only one from the previous administration uh, that signed that was already incoming. And yet you would have thought that, you know, he'd be given a trial, uh, see how you do. And if you fail, then you're absolutely forgotten. And then the guy's just like, oh, my God, what kind of what did I do? Did I just like kill my career? No, he actually stood out. And to me, you know, as you mentioned, uh, health was a huge issue with him. But when he was healthy and fit and playing, he was an incredible asset to this team. And you know what? Maybe Bobich did have a good eye for uh, having this guy already be set up to be brought in for the next season. Because, you know what? Good signing. And that could definitely have been one that went wrong. I'll go with... Yakik as uh, my kind of biggest win of the all season. We were when we brought him in uh, to the team. We were kind of we had already struggled early on with defense. You know, we lost in the Pokal. His signing to me just kind of shored up the midfield. We suddenly had someone who was able to really. I mean, he was he was a pretty much deadline day. Uh, brought in on August thirtieth. Pretty much yeah, deadline was, day signing. Wasn't his signing due to Rhoda's injury? I think mm-hmm. it may have been. And the three ma- the four we had already played four matches, lost to Dortmund, lost in the Pokal, nil-nil with Augsburg, ugh, and a one-one draw with Bielefeld. And at that point, we were just like, oh, Christ, this is not painting out so well. Brought him in on loan, have made that uh signing permanent. Oh, baby. Oh, I'm so ex- I was so pleased with how he has developed as a player for the Eintracht, and I can't wait for what is uh, yet to come for the guy because I think that he's gonna be like he's gonna just continue to improve, and only good things to come from this guy going forward. Only good things. Yeah, and he'll 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 be a bigger part of the team in ter- in the clubhouse uh, with uh, somebody incoming next year, Smolchich. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, we're kind of hinting at what is to come, but let's look a little bit briefly at what is out, what hat, what went out for the season. Really, the biggest out was uh, uh, Silva. He was the biggest uh, leave. I think we've somehow been able. We were a totally different team without him. And I guess I'm going to put this question to you guys, since he was the biggest exit that we had over the offseason. We'll hit on the ones that have been confirmed um if we had did not sell silva if we held on to silva for the season where do we finish in the bundesliga and how far do we get in europe i'll kind of let the, everyone have a chance at this uh, uh, uh brian you go first um uh Go to go to Nathan. Let me think about it. <laughs> <laughs> Nathan, you ready? Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, the chemistry between Costa, Costich, and Silva was magic. I had, I have no um, reason to believe that would have stopped. Uh, they had something special, and to be, to, it's. I think it's been made clear that the whole reason that Silva was great. But it was like the, I'll use a blues reference, a Hull and Oates type situation. Hull was, Brett Hull, one of the greatest 
hockey players of all time was was great. But he was lights out with an assist, you know, an assist man like uh, Adam Oates. Oh, he was so so they were so good together. Um, the better of the Hall and Oates uh, for references in non contemporary culture. Uh, so, yeah, um, I think we would have rode high in the Bundesliga. Uh, I mean, you never know what would have happened in either. So Europa is all, like Europa happened. We won. So that's I don't I don't know if that would happen again. So, uh, yeah, I think we would have probably had a better season overall. But you have to move on. You have to make the money when the money is there to be made. And I think we got a, a great guy who had to kick it up with Bore. He's, he's getting there. Chris. Um, I, you know, I had to make this decision based off the numbers he pulled in Leipzig uh, or the year before in 1920 with us, where he had 12 <laughs> goals in 25. With Leipzig this year, he had 11 in 33. I have to believe his 28 in 32 matches in 2021 was a little bit of an aberration. Um, not that he can't score more than 12 to 15 a year. But that was an exceptional season for him, and I don't mm-hmm. think he could have repeated it. I think he would have been maybe stronger, more um, more reliable week to week than Bore. But I love what we got. Bore is a fucking motor. Even when he's not scoring goals, he's quick. He influences the game, and uh, yeah. I think we won that, honestly. I think the way that the Eintracht would have... Uh, kind of found the season. We would have gotten more goals. We the the issues of the fall would not have been there. But I do think that like uh, our European campaign would have probably not gotten past. Uh, no, it would it would have ended at Barcelona without a shadow of a doubt. And yes. just I think I think uh, our group stage maybe we would have won an extra match. But honestly, like that that pales in comparison to the knockout uh, portion. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I think we could have got. We probably would have gotten past Betis, Barcelona. I think we would have stopped dead in those tracks, and then you know we're able to qual- maybe even qualify for Europe uh, via the league. But yeah, the wonderful European adventure is not there uh, uh, with Silva, and yet with Bore. All I've got to say is that goal against Barcelona. <sighs> That's that that the without that just rocket that that puts Barcelona so much on the back foot that we're just able to then start playing with them kind of like a uh, a big kid beating up on a small kid just toying with their food. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> uh, Brian, uh, uh, have you had a chance to have a think? Yeah, and look, what's difficult about this for me is that they're they're pretty different players. You know, Silva does a yeah. great job finding space and getting in front of the net and, you know, putting it in the back of the net. And while Bore is good at that too, like this year with Glasner, his job was a lot different than what we saw with Silva and Hooter. You know, like Silva his job was to to get in, in the box and score goals where where this year Bore was was coming back deeper in the midfield getting the ball and then letting people make runs off of him and trying to work his way back in but he was kind of a play initiator from the from the center of the of of the field 
And so it's hard for me to say we would have been better. Or we would have scored more goals with Silva because because Glasner played them differently than than Hooter did. So I, I think we're That's a good point. I, I think we're maybe we're better in the in the Bundesliga if we have Silva, but I, I don't think I don't think we make the run that we make in uh, in Europa League without Bore's playmaking abilities. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Next up, boys, is the outgoing for the season. And, uh, yeah, we had to say goodbye to a number of players. Dan DaCosta has left for Mainz on free. Dominic Kors' loan has been made permanent as Mainz has paid us $3 million, So at least we get some money. Barcock is going to Mainz. Yeah, Mainz is just flooded with <laughs> with Eintracht players. Um, Stefan Nilsenker has left Eintracht uh, on a free transfer, and I have not seen if anyone has picked him up. Uh, Lammers returns from his loan spell, probably the weakest of the, uh, I think without a shadow of a doubt, the player who was the, the weak uh, signing by us just, Never really panned out. We didn't we kind of <coughs> did give him a lot of. We didn't give him too crazy amount of opportunities, but you know, it is what it is. Stefan Zuber's yeah. uh, loan to AK Athens has been made permanent for about close to two million euros, and we are getting that amount from for Rodrigo Zalazar. Schalke with their promotion has decided. Yep, we're keeping that. Uh, not the but. Go figure. Uh, that is so far the only uh, permanent uh, exits that we have from the club, which means we have rumors to talk about Kostic, but there's also rumors that he's going to be resigned. So we, he may not be a rumor. Indica is still one that has been rumored about, as has Kamada, though I haven't seen anything on Kamada for a bit. But otherwise, there's not a lot uh, out. If you. Stop talking about Kostic, boys. There's not a lot of guys who are looking like they're going to leave the Eintracht, which gives us great continuity for this upcoming season because we've got a lot of incoming guys uh, to join us. Yeah. Yeah, and we, <laughs> like, like we, we, <laughs> we needed some depth. You know, if, the, if one thing this season showed us is that that we really need some depth at some key positions, especially like striker. We need to get another midfielder, you know, to, to help take some of the, the pressure off of, of so, so and Rhoda and, uh, and Jakic. And then w- we got to get somebody who can somewhat replace our wing players just to give them some breaks. You know, we had, yeah. What? Six, Seven guys play over three thousand minutes this year. It's a lot, and uh, and that's that's just a heavy load for your starting eleven. You know, we we getting getting Hauga here full time should help, and with the year in the Bundesliga under his belt. Um, but the the most exciting thing to me about the transfers coming in is just it it seems like we added some depth, and they're all they're all going to get to play and pitch in. Yeah. Um, I'll say the one thing that I think is going to keep Kostic in Frankfurt, at least for now, um, he's got a World Cup date coming up in November. And I think there's a handful of players like him who have, um, you know, apprehension about a move at this point, uh, moving to a new city, acclimating. Are you going to 
get the playing time right away? Are you going to sit on the bench, which is not what you want to see when you're trying to, to solidify your position? I, I mean, I, I assume he's in Serbia's starting 11 for the World Cup, but yeah. you know, if he goes and sits on the bench, that's not going to help his form either. So I think there is, for some of these guys, one eye looking another direction when they make these decisions. Yeah, because uh, uh, they're about to play uh, Slovenia in the UEFA Nations League. Chris, you kind of mentioned that earlier. And, uh, yeah, he's he's the guy out on the left. Now, is he as in focally important? No. But, uh, yeah, he, he's a very important asset that they have out there. And it's one that uh, I don't think that they can, like, he is in the position to succeed with uh, Serbia, but you know what? With these national teams, like especially with Serbia, who does have a slew of talent, if right. his signing just goes, if he gets signed, and then you know a couple matches played, but then just nothing. I mean, a coach will look at that and be like, you know what? Uh, you're a bench guy. You go from being a starter in a World yep. Cup to a bench guy, that matters. And it's been a minute since uh, Serbia was playing in a senior like a championship competition, which just kind of blows my mind that the, they've screwed up so many qualifications. <laughs> I mean, for uh, these tournaments and that, he's going to so desperately want to be a part of this squad like he was in 2018, but he wants to kick on from there and make some memories with a team that he's grown up with. And I expect him to, I would prefer him to stay, obviously, but I actually think that there's a lot leaning us towards keeping him. But it does mean that his exit will, unless he signs a new contract, that his exit is coming. It's just going to come in 12 months. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't. I think it's 50-50 at this point if Juventus wants to cough up a lot more money. It's the league he wants to go to. Serie A is where guys from Serbia, Croatia, and the likes, they want to just cross the Adriatic Sea. That's all that that is the destination they all want to go to. Kind of like for whatever reason, Colombians want to go to America. It's what they (laughs) see on TV there between uh, Albania, Serbia, Croatia, uh, they all watch Syria nonstop. That's their primary top five league. And, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a good spot. I, I think Juventus is the only suitor right now. So if they're out, then now that Inter is out, yes, uh, yeah, Inter so, is kind of for whatever reasons. I, and I, someone from who follows the Syria can explain this to me. Like Inter. Uh, Champions League they've been siphoning off money like going crazy and every single time I ever saw Costas being linked I'm like um, are you going to buy a 29 year old guy like I mean I'm trying to uh, internally just kind of weasel Costas uh, out of being talked into going to Italy but <laughs> I mean I know he was one he's been linked to Roma but I mean you got a wacko who's running that ship who wants to spend money just wheeling and dealing. And I think the thing that helps us out the most is the fact that Kostic is is so close to 30 that any club who buys him knows that, you know, when you're buying this guy, there is no resale value. There is no moving him on because once he hits 30, people just 
absolutely change their temperament on a player, and it doesn't matter yeah. where on the pitch they play unless they're in goal. So, yeah, not really many rumors of guys going out, but let's look at what is coming in. So, Kolo uh, Mane, this kid's supposed to be absolutely great. Uh, had a pretty good year in France. Uh, Ali Du. Uh, we were talking about needing winger help because, you know, Costa is mm-hmm. out. They need to have some rest sometime. We got a guy who, uh, while playing with hot as foul, definitely played on both sides. And so we looks like we're finally addressing that sort of depth here. Uh, Jerome, I'm not even going to try and say his last name. Uh, we got some defensive, we got some defensive uh, reinforcements coming, guys. Finally. <laughs> I mean, uh, what of, of the player? And also, yeah, you guys mentioned uh, Smolich uh, coming in from Rijeka for just two and a half million euros. Golly, we really like yeah. recruiting out of uh, <laughs> that corrosion big boys. Um, I'm looking at this team and it's beefed up and I'm really liking our how we look for next, for this upcoming season a lot, a lot, a lot. Yeah, I think Brian sent it or said it best. Like we're setting ourselves up for for depth where these these guys get to come in and it's not necessarily everything's on their shoulders. They get to they get to earn their chops. There's a lot of competition in in a lot of spots and and that's going to be good just for everyone. So, yeah, I'm I'm you know, I'm still skeptical on a few of these guys, especially hearing how injury prone like uh on Ongione is or or Buta that's mm-hmm. sort of red um yeah and then Ali Du is kind of green um he didn't get a lot of playing time after he signed with us I don't know if that was a uh performance thing or or a, just being mad at him but yeah, yeah I'm excited the, for next probably year probably the latter probably the latter yeah <laughs> <laughs> right um but yeah, I'm I'm kind of most excited just to see how our defense can get, uh, I don't know, some more rotation in there and not have to rely on uh, a hot hand or as much as I don't know. I, I feel like we need a lot more depth f- for those guys to to eke out two two or three domestic or two or three leagues um, throughout the course of the year. I'm a I'm. I'm really interested to see how they weave uh, Kolomani in with, you know, he's not he's not just going to play with Bore, but he's going to slot in where Lindstrom is sometimes or Kamada and just figure out, like, how do we fit all those guys in together and how do they play together? So what's what's amazing, too, about this offseason is we, we didn't really spend that much money. Like the guys no. coming in were were mostly on free transfers, and the Smolchik guy was like three million euros, dropping yeah. the bucket. So you know, Hauga, I think I saw Hauga was the biggest transfer in the history of Eintracht Frankfurt, the biggest fee we've ever paid. But but still, like most of the guys coming yeah. in are on freeze. So like, just that speaks a lot for like our recruitment is we're getting guys that are young with a lot of upside to come on free transfers. We're not even having to pay transfer fees for it. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's exciting to see folks like that want to come here, you know, like for real. But yeah, does that speak to like the money they get for like a signing bonus? Thought I haven't heard anything about that. Maybe I'm. Yeah, I don't don't know. Brian. There's so much there's so much more to find out about the squad. And uh, yeah, I think more more information will be let uh, the cat will be let out of the bag later on but uh yeah chris you're i want to grab your thoughts real quick well i'm kind of uh with brian in texas slash nebraska on this one um it's interesting to me that the new players coming in that we we didn't spend a lot for because it there's kind of the assumption we were neither gonna compete in neither of the major uh european tournaments we weren't gonna have that money to fall on so we didn't spend a lot, and yet we're in a situation now where we're not required to sell anybody for survival. So all of a sudden, we have depth. And how OG decides to use this depth, which hasn't really been a thing. We might have one guy to right. back up somebody, and you know, Hasebe is always there for the defensive midfield. But uh, when we got thin there this year, but yeah, we have depth. And how it's going to all play itself out how we can select when to play players in a league match versus a cup match or something like that is going to be really interesting to see. Uh, But I want to see guys get a lot of playing time early, especially in the cup match. I know the league schedule hasn't been announced yet, but get those boots on the ground so they can familiarize themselves. Can't agree with that. Can't agree with that. All right. That's, I think that's a good uh, place to stop with our recruiting before we talk about Europe and the frown. It's time for hashtag what are we drinking? Probably the latest we've ever done this segment in our podcast history. Nathan, <laughs> we'll have to go back to the to the books on that one. But uh, Brewmeister, what do you got for us? What have you been drinking? What are you drinking? What are you brewing? Well, uh, not brewing anything quite yet. I think I need to take a a mental health day at work and do that just for the love of it. Um, no, I, I, I mean, yesterday I had a, a, a nice margarita after Allison and I ran a half. So that was pretty nice. Um, yeah, I, I, today it's still early morning, so I'm drinking coffee. There you go. There you go. Brian, what are you at? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a coffee guy. I, uh, this early in the morning, I, I have to have an entire pot of coffee just to feel normal. Um, Those kids really tr- put you through the ringer, don't they? Yeah, they do. So, um, so yeah, I, I drink um, just straight black, boring coffee every every morning. Any specific brand that we uh, would know about? Um, this is this is gonna make me seem really cheap but uh i drink folgers <laughs> i make an entire pot of it every single day and uh and it's good enough for me that's excellent uh chris what do you got well i'm also on coffee uh but i had to throw a twist on it because i'm still undefeated with the alcohol i had to throw a twist um i'm drinking kalamazoo coffee company my favorite roasters here in michigan with a shot of Knob Creek smoked maple thrown in mm. there. It's from Jim Beam, but a delicious little smoky sweet twist on uh, this morning's coffee. 
Excellent. And uh, wow. I was at the Lynx just uh, the other day and got after it with Coors the Banquet Pier. To me, there are very few beers that I enjoy more when I'm uh, heading the golf. And uh, yeah, Coors has always done the trick for moi. And uh, so yeah, that is what I am drinking. That's going to wrap it up That's for the, second uh, one for us. Nathan, you had uh, something real quick. No, I was like, that's the inner abs fan talking right there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, yes. Uh, yeah, that, that kind of comes with the territory. You know, uh, three games up on the Edmonton Oilers in the Western Conference Finals. Nobody cares. Oh, when, <laughs> you know. Yeah, Colorado from the cheap seats from Detroit. I'd expect nothing less. All right, that's uh, that's this uh, wrapped up for hashtag what are we drinking in second one. We'll be back in a jiffy to wrap up the podcast with the Frauen and our European adventure. So stay with. Second two, and it's time to talk about the Frau one. We've kind of been, uh, yeah, all about the men, talking about their, you know, what happened in the Bundesliga signings, this, that, and the other. But yeah, the Frau one. Uh, Chris is, sometimes I wonder if that's Chris's favorite team that wears the Eintracht crest. They finished in third place. We were able to top Potsdam with a little bit of help from Munich on the final match day. And yeah. We're into the uh, qualification for the Champions League's first round. There is uh, two rounds of qualification for that. The finals being hosted in Eindhoven. But this team has come together. We all thought in the uh, before the season began that after making it to the Pokal final that this team will be ready for the next step up. And here we are, guys. Uh, the Frauen... The Frauen did us good, and yet it was a team that wasn't just, you know... Uh, the preseason fragging was like that monster that just kind of kept the entire team humming. But it wasn't just her and her contributions that came to the pitch. You had multiple gals who all were, you know, contributing in. It, 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 I mean, I will say that it does sucks that Fromms is uh, leaving the Eintracht. But, you know, it is what it is. You had Martinez. You had Prasnikar. So many contributors to this Frown team. That finished in third and in the Champions League places. Um, yeah, I'll let Chris, I'll let you kind of take lead on this one on uh, how the Frown yeah. did. And uh, yeah. So it's a little harder because I got to do it. I got to do it. I got to complain about our ability to watch. But if somebody's <laughs> listening, please get us a feed for every match next year. It is not that yes, hard. Please. The, the local high school in you know seattle washington has a stream going out to the entire world uh there's no reason you guys can't get us a stream for first division team to show here in the u.s but anyway um the season kind of did that roller coaster thing than we expected um but what we saw was the development uh of youth i mean our oldest player for the entire roster was 29 sarah dorson so we were young. Uh, contributors, Prashnikar, Martinez, um, uh, Fragging, all younger people that really 
grew up really quick for us. And I think you saw that happen as things settled in early in the year, high in the table. Uh, things settled down. We fall down to four, five, got to fight our way back up a little bit. But you really saw things come together um, when we got knocked out of the cup. And it kind of got weird uh, the way the schedule worked out, playing Wolfsburg and Bayern back to back. And there's just a log jam of chaos there. And I really thought that kind of gelled this team together and they were able to focus on the goal of moving back up the table. Needed a little help at the end, but they got it done. Um, interestingly, we qualified for Champions League with Laura Fragging, our top goal scorer, taking a step back from last year. And that tells me that where she scored, I think, 17 or 18 last year, uh, she only had 12 this year. Still a, a good run, 12 goals over 22 matches. But that shows me that we got contributions from other places uh, 22-year-old Laura Prashnikar with 11 goals. Barbara Dunst popped in six. Shakira Martinez, only 20 years old, puts five in with four assists. So you're seeing the contributions of young kids that are now going to have an opportunity to put it on the European stage. Uh, there's only one European competition for the women. Uh, Brian, you predicted it. You said they could finish top three. You were right. I thought we were a year away. I love being proven wrong. Uh, and most importantly, the core, I, I, I don't have it in front of me, but I think 16 of our top 18, uh, minute getters are coming back. So obviously Merrill Fromes being the one That's out, key. but we got a hot shot goalie coming in a young one at that, but we'll see. I think, uh, I think now we found our, our baseline and anybody who followed FFSA before the merger, would agree this is the baseline. There is no reason not to be in Champions League. We're one of the most successful clubs in the history of the Champions League. Uh, going forward, silverware. That's it. Domestic, international, silverware. So at the Pokal, eyes on the Pokal and uh, qualification for Champions League again. You think that's accomplishable? 100%. Um, the majority of our offense and our, our defense is a little bit uh, more older but still certainly young enough to be uh to be you know a future for us but uh, like i said we don't have any age it, it's different in the women's game um where the men have their their physical peak and their their uh downhill starts around you know 32 with a lot of guys with the women that can start around 27 28 but we don't have anybody who's pushing that higher echelon of, you know, end of career or, you know, make the move to NWSL kind of thing. Like, that's not happening with this group. This core is going to be together for four or five more years. So there's no reason that we can't expect a piece of silverware next year, maybe talking a double in a couple <laughs> years. <laughs> I'm not joking. I know we're talking a team wearing the, the Eagles crest, but... That is the standard for this club before the merger, uh, when mm -hmm. they were FFSA. And now with the SGE brand, there's no reason to change that expectation. Exactly. And if you look at the roster, there's a lot of uh, – so this summer, I've uh, got the Women's uh, European Championship delayed one year due to COVID. 
And there's a lot of players for Eintracht who are going to be able for uh, those of us here uh, to those of us here to be able to watch it. So I'm really excited for what is next to come. Uh, anything from the rest of you guys before we move on to uh, Europa League, our Europa League memory to before we say goodbye? I'll uh, I one I'll more s- complaint. Right. Oh, go ahead. I, I, I was just gonna say this about about the uh, the Frauen team is they they ended the year on a very non Eintracht like performance because they were picking up wins down the stretch, <laughs> <laughs> and, and uh, you know the as 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 much as we love the men's team and we all we all like laugh about the Moody Diva or we talk about the Moody Diva all the time. The ladies like finished off the season like you're supposed to. You know, they picked up go. seven wins, seven wins in their last 10 games. And when it came to crunch time, like they stepped up and, and, and answered the call. So mm-hmm. that, that's very encouraging to see from an Eintracht squad. Very encouraging, indeed. Lessons the diva blow. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. But speaking of the diva, the diva flew in Europe. Had a great time in Europe, and we ended up lifting our second piece of major European silverware. So we'll be playing in the Super Cup in just, what, uh, two and a half months' time against Real Madrid. Ooh. So that will be fun. But for me, uh, to kind of put the the last bit, the cherry on top of this wonderful episode, it's uh, which we've, we've already mentioned so much of the European run so far. Uh, I want to get everyone's, uh, before we say goodbye, everyone's European moments. For me, it was the the late ditch, last 121st minute own goal against Real Betis in a match that I was openly thinking, Christ almighty, we conceded in the 90th minute. The team just looks gassed. The team just looks demoralized from conceding. They're like, oh my God, we were so close. and that uh, We got to pick ourselves up off the mat. And we got a little bit of luck. That's all we needed. And we went through Barcelona, West Ham, and defeated Rangers in the final, despite people not being able to get any water at the final. But yeah, we're not kind of going into that. But that's my European adventure moment. The, the the late winner uh, on aggregate because the match ended one one against Betis because without that who knows probably would have uh, we might have gone to PKs and it might have just been a totally different season and we might have been just talking about uh you know a higher table finishing the Bundesliga or been just winching about Glasner because we put our eggs in the European basket in a field. Speaking of moments where uh, Brian was talking about where the men aren't typically uh, showing up, that was a moment that 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 felt like a like I talk about that uh, Hinteregger goal in Hertha last January or 2021 when we started to actually put something together last year. And uh, yeah, that felt like that moment <laughs> that for me that. That late 120 minute goal. Oh my gosh. I was like, oh, we can do this. <laughs> Excellent. You know, for me, uh, it was that Barcelona matchup at Camp Nou where we overtook the entire city. Um, <laughs> it felt, I mean, I know we still had several matches to go after that. It just felt like that was us 
uh, saying, hello, we're here. We're ready for the big time. We're going to take over the biggest stadium in Europe. And by the way, uh, Rafael Santos Bore is going to score one of the more iconic goals in the history of our club. Um, the the view from behind with Jokic celebrating before it even hits the net is one of my favorite <laughs> moments. Uh, not just of this season, of my almost 30 years following this club. I absolutely love that moment. Um, For me, that there's... There's only one European moment that that tops all of them, and that's trap save in the hundred and seventeenth minute against Rangers in the final. Uh, just they had us dead to rights, and trap just comes flying out of nowhere with it with a kick save, yeah. and uh, it put a just an exclamation part point on the end of the season. Without that one, there's no penalty save, you know, because that was. That that to me, when when I saw the guy make the run, I thought it was a surefire goal, and and trap did trap things to to keep us in that game <laughs> and to send it to penalty kicks. Exactly. We're not a, a we're not a club that does statues, but if we ever do, that's the first one right there to me. Yeah. personally, that was beautiful. Yeah, and then the stitched forehead of Rhoda. <laughs> <laughs> Now, for me, for me, it, I I feel I don't know that West like I loved uh, Chris's perspective through all this is like I, I'm just not nervous. <laughs> but, I don't know how. Like but <laughs> uh, that fan presence at the leg two uh, versus West Ham, um, the Northwest Curve. Um, I don't know that just gave me goosebumps. <laughs> I, I love it. I could watch that GIF uh, over and over and over. Uh, I know some folks will think, like, oh, you could talk so much more about the European adventure. There's so much more we have to dissect about that. But no, <clears throat> that thing needs its own, I like, an own revisited podcast just to go after because the celebrations were amazing. And uh, it's going to be, in my opinion, a club defining moment in the long term. That the kind of, look, the kind of money that Champions League is going to bring us is going to, is so much, and yeah, it's there's a there's a reason why when we get upset at Wolfsburg and Leverkusen for spending all this money, you know, when they actually do make the Champions League, there's a reason why they have all that money to spend, and uh, this is the kind of stuff that can change a club. Uh, we've seen Gladbach do it, uh, yeah. Them getting their hands on that sort of money reinvigorated them. Schalke has be, has been at times an amazing club, uh, you know, with their deep runs in Europe. I mean, Dortmund had without you know with your sustained European success, we can do it. We can do it. But that's going to have to wrap it up for this episode because there's so much more we can talk about, and yet there's just. This episode will never end, folks. This episode will never end. So to make it easy on Nathan in terms of the editing process, we'll put the plug on this one. So I'd like to thank everyone for joining the podcast. So um, Brian in uh, Houston, soon to be uh, the colder confines in Nebraska. Where can we find you on social media? You can find me on uh, Twitter at Brian Gilcrest, or you can find me on my blog, which is on the wings of Dare Adler. Dot com. 
Chris, where can we find you when you're not, you know, uh, hurling shade at my beloved Kansas City Royals from Comerica Park? Or Ohio. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I am on all the platforms, Peloton, Instagram, Discord, Twitter, at CNTheD313. And Nathan, where can we find you? Uh, You can find me most times on Discord, uh, slinging shit about Eintracht news um, at N-A-J-A-K-W-A, same on Twitter. All right, and you can find me on Twitter, that is at K-C-S-G-E. Follow the show on Twitter, that is at H-E-F pod. Hey, Andrew Frankfurt on Instagram, uh, uh, facebook.com slash H-E-F pod. Hey, Andrew Frankfurt at gmail.com. And of course, H-E-F pod com so for all of us here thanks for having a listen to this kind of season wrapping up episode we'll have a couple fun bits that we'll toss in over the summer as we're kind of enjoying the summer fun the season will begin before anyone can even imagine because uh as mentioned uh, the pokal was drawn the season actually begins the pokal round one is in bloody july which is Ridiculous. Uh, will has already got one friendly started out for uh, July the 9th against Lask Lens. So the team's already preparing for the new season. We'll have plenty of Eintracht coverage for you uh, because we do this for the fans because we're bloody fans ourselves. We just love this club so much and uh, there's so much more to untangle for the season. And uh, yeah, the Bundesliga season will start the very first weekend of August. So it's coming soon, folks. And yes, uh, when it comes to, I uh, should probably note, uh, match day 15 will be the final match day of Eintracht uh, in the Bundesliga before they go off on the uh, World Cup break. And, uh, yeah, we're all going to be enjoying everything that comes with playing in the Champions League. Can't wait for it. So, from all of us here at, at the podcast, thanks for having a listen. And uh, share us with all your friends. And uh, until next time, choose. And trap did trap things. Hey, I'm trap fun, for cha la 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 la. Hey, I'm trap fun, for cha la 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 la.